Welcome to the New Hope 365 podcast. We are currently offering two Sunday services each week. We have a 9 a.m. worship service that you can attend in person or you can watch live online at newhope365.church. And we have a 10.30 a.m. in-person family service for parents and children to attend together. We would love to connect with you and your family however you feel comfortable, either in person or online. And now, here is today's message. Yes, fear uh, is a liar, and, and fear is who the devil at the core is. It's the very essence of it. So fear is what? Of the devil, and faith is from our Heavenly Father. God did not give us a spirit of fear, but a power of love, of a sound mind. So this is a, this is a big kingdom topic today and it's one that is it's one that is spinning around in our culture and it may even be spinning in your mind if you've opened your mind to certain things it may even be in your home if you've opened your home to certain things it may be in the marketplace depending on what you're what you're uh, facing or going through fear is a big kingdom thought and faith is is this um, pushback to the fear that Satan has brought to earth. And I, I was on a plane ride about a decade ago. I was on a plane ride to, from, yeah, I was headed back to the United States. I was leaving Santa Cruz, Bolivia. And as I got on the plane, and we're, we're probably an hour into the air, I sit next to my friend, and we've got our headsets on, and we're watching movies as anybody would, because it's boring on a plane ride, and you're watching movies. And as we're, as we're flying, I said, do you smell something? And he's like, no. And I said, no, I smell something. And, and all of a sudden, I see a stewardess come walking by, and she's got a fire extinguisher. And, and, and sure enough, I was smelling, right? And he goes, don't worry about it. I'm sure it's fine. And before we know it, our whole area on the plane was filled with smoke. And, and the pilot comes on and says, hey, we, now this is the w- wonderfulness of trained pilots, is that they have already been given some instruction or they know from what's going on with the cabin crew. He had already turned around. We were over the Andes Mountains by that time, but we had already turned around. In my mind, I'm thinking, this was not how I envisioned the end. This is not how I envi- envisioned this. I, I envisioned something, you know, more um, or, or less exciting than potentially plummeting into a mountainside village or whatever. And, and so he had turned the plane around, and what had happened is he said, hey, we have found there is um, smoke. And I'm thinking, well, where there's smoke, there's probably fire. And he goes, we don't know where it is, and, and we're trying to contain it. And, and I'm like, well, why don't you contain it as quick as you know how? So we did an emergency landing into Santa Cruz because he had already turned the plane around before I had known, known it, and it turns out it was an electrical short in one of the, the uh, galleys where they you know, serve food or whatever, and once they got the plane landed and fire trucks meet us out on the tarmac, and, and I was just thankful to be on the ground, and I'm like, okay. And then we get there, um, and, they, and we're, thank you, Jesus. You know, I kissed the ground, hallelujah. And it turns out that... Uh, they were able to come get it fixed, and, li- and literally, uh, the next day, we were able to get out, 
And little did I, I said to the, to the lady, I said to the stewardess, it was great that they were able to get another plane. And she goes, oh, they didn't get another plane. You're on the same plane. I'm thinking, what? You know? So, so all of, the, all of that, that, that fear, there was fear that began to well up inside of me. Why do I tell you this? We're, all, we're okay, and there's more to that story, but I don't have time to give you more to that story. It's this. When faced with fear, when faced with life's struggle, when faced with worry, when faced with anxiety, it exposes what or who you're trusting in. It exposes what or who you're trusting in. And so, and so if you're ever going, man, I, I don't want to experience this to some degree, the reality is, it, again, it reveals. And, and I, in that moment, began to understand that my hope and my trust needed to be more solidified and established because, Paul, like Paul said, I want to believe, I want to have this in my soul. He said, for me to live is Christ. The die would be gain. And I'm like, God, you're going to have to take me to that place because right now I, you know, I'm married, I have children, I'd love to see my grandchildren one day, whatever. But here's the thing. We're not in control of that, are we? We're not in control of that. Our Heavenly Father knows and it sometimes feels like an avalanche. And some of us, depending on our personality types or some of our trauma or experiences in life, we face fear at different tiers, don't we? We face different levels of anxiety, and, and it grips us. And maybe, you know, that avalanche is hitting you right now. Maybe you're in a moment where the avalanche is like coming off of the mountain, and you're feeling like you... you can't see and you're just you can't see anything because it's so gripping over you i'm praying that as i teach this today that it will help and hopefully you'll realize that god is going to protect you through avalanches do you believe that that god is going to protect you through fear avalanches that may come your way here's a couple questions i want to ask you listen in online answer these in your mind right now what is the first thing on your mind in the morning or last thing on your mind at night? Is there a future event you are frantically seeking to prevent from happening? What sign is your body giving you that you are living in a state of fear? Do you have a nervous twitch, brain fog, Trouble sleeping, high blood pressure, stomach problems, tension headaches, chronic sickness, moments of unexpected anxiety, panic attacks, sadness, or anger. All of these are indicators that you may be being influenced or impacted by fear. Not always, but sometimes. Have you found yourself fantasizing about death or suicide? Are you overly interested in end-time theology, hoping that you will be able to leave this life as soon as you possibly can. I mean, I, I, I would say that there are times where I'm going, oh God, can't you rapture us now? Man, you know, that meeting tomorrow or, you know, that, that going to, you know, meet the in-laws or something. You're like, God, just let the rapture come. So the kingdom of God, as I understand it, is wanting to grow our faith and Satan wants to destroy us by, by this counterfeit fear. 
which he brings in. And did you know that fear is one of the major topics of the Bible? It's actually one of the major topics. Why is it such a major topic? Because it is enemy's tactical approach to destroy and ruin your faith in God. It's tactical. It's big. It's something we've got to wrap our mind around. And, and it's, it's it, 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 literally, if you went even into the beginning in Genesis 3, I mean, Adam and Eve fall, they, they sin, and then they realize they're naked, and then God, who loves them, comes their way. And, and what does Adam say in Genesis 3.10? He says, God is saying, why, why, did you, why are you hiding? And he goes, I heard you in the garden, and I was what? I was afraid. So therefore, I hid. So right from the get-go, the first created humans are going out of the gate after the fall, I was afraid. A traumatic experience can push us to fear, to anxiety, phobia, sometimes triggers, can bring us back to moments of trauma. And you know what the Bible calls these? Strongholds. They're actual strongholds. Now let me clarify. Because if I don't get all the way that I need to get today in this message, some of you are going to leave going, but what about it? Wait, wait, don't worry. I've got the whole picture here to paint for you because I understand that there are certain situations where people need medication for certain things to help them through things, and that is okay. I just want you to know that. There's, there's something very different there than what I'm talking about as it relates to strongholds, as it relates to something that is supernatural and it's impacting your life, and you're not seeming to get breakthrough on it, those strongholds are very different than somebody that is clinically having to deal with something that is related to mental things. What? So, here's what 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3-5 through 5 says. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not what? Weapons of this world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish these strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that self sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. So what is the practice here is that when something comes raging into my soul, and it could at any moment, all of a sudden I get, I'm on a plane, or I'm, uh, this last week I'm coming up at this intersection of, where was I? Um, on 620 and going to take a left on the Chisholm Trail and you have a green arrow there and literally back-to-back cars nearly broadsided me in a moment. But see, here's, here's something that's different. There is actually good fear. And what is that? That good fear is the stuff that actually can save your life. Kind of like if somebody's chasing you or you have a lion coming after you. Run! You run and all the adrenaline is pumping and you're going. That's a good time that something kicks in that helps you to get going, right? Have you, like, another one is Angel and I. I had, uh, we, were, we got into, a, I don't know if it was an argument or whatever, and we had a minivan parked in a, in a I forget where it was, but I didn't realize that we had, a, like, one of those concrete bumper things right in front of you. And I... I put it in drive. I started to give it some gas. And I'm like, why am, why am I not going forward? And she's like, she didn't say anything. She just let me do it, have my stupid moment. And I gave it a little bit more gas only to go, boom, boom. And I went over the little concrete bumper. Well, we're stuck. We can't get out. The van is literally sitting on this thing. It's a dumb moment. I got out of the car. And as sure as Jesus is Lord... 
I got under that car and that concrete slab, I pushed out from the car, and you can ask Angel, I pushed it out, and I backed the car out, and I said, it's not a big deal. And she's like, looking at me like, I said, Superman, right? Superman. She's like, no, you're an idiot. Okay? What, what is, there are times when you need that adrenaline. I went back later to think, to see, could I move that again? And I couldn't move that concrete slab. There's something that is God-given in us that allows us to do what? It's a protection. But then there's other things where it's actually um, harmful to us, and it can destroy our lives if we don't deal with it, and you know you have a stronghold. When something from your past is ruling your decision-making in the present and future. When something from the past is influencing your now and or your thoughts of the future. That's a stronghold. And here's our Heavenly Father wants to, us to move away from fear, live in kingdom faith, and he's given each of us a seed of faith that he's actually wanting to grow up. It's God-given in every human being. You all have a seed of faith. It's whether you're going to actually nurture that faith, pour water on that faith. You're going to, going to take it and watch as it grows up. This is big. And he wants to grow up our faith as we experience his love and grow to trust him. And what does his love do? It casts out all fear. It casts out all fear. I love what 1 John 4.18 says. Such love has no fear because perfect love expels all that fear. If we are afraid, it is for fear of punishment. And this shows that we have not fully experienced his perfect love perfect love of God. So today, let's talk about why fear is so bad. Why is it such a big deal and why do we need to deal with this? Isn't, isn't it just normal to live in culture uh, to, to, when you talk to people and they're like, yeah, you know, I'm so worried about this pandemic. I'm so worried about this election. I'm so afraid of, of uh, what's happening around the globe. Have you read the news today, which by the way is not a recipe for growing in faith? It's not. I'm just saying. And do we read it? Of course we do. But you better consume it in moderation or it can actually become something inside of you that grips your soul and paralyzes you. It's big. So why is fear so bad? Come to the conclusion, first of all, that it's godless. It's flat godless. It's, it's only the negative. It only sees negative in our future. Where God says, I've given you what? I've given you a plan. I've given you a future. I've given you hope. I'm, you know, we have our masks. Hope is here. Hope is here. Whereas in godlessness, there is what? In fear, there is no hope. And Jesus knew that this is stuff that the disciples and the people of his culture wrestled with. And in Luke 12, 22 through 29, it says this. He turns to his disciples and Jesus said, this is why I tell you, don't worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food to eat or enough clothes to wear. And by the way, you have enough of all. Whether you have enough food to eat or clothes to wear, for life is more than food and your body more than clothing. Look at the ravens. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for God feeds them. Are you far more valuable and aren't you far more valuable than any birds. 
Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And if, you worry can't, and, and if worry can't accomplish a little thing like that, what's the use of worrying over bigger things, which worrying over bigger things leads to fear of greater things, which paralyzes us? Look at the lilies and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing. Yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for flowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? And don't be concerned about what to eat and what to drink. Don't worry about such things. So why is, why is fear so bad? It's, it's godless. It's also <laughs> false prophecy. Imagine, imagine if today I said, hey, I've got a speaker for you, and I'm gonna, he's gonna, I'm gonna introduce him to you, and he's gonna stand on this platform, and he's gonna speak to the camera and all that, but just so you know, he's a false prophet, and what he says is not true. Would you want that? How would you sit here and go, man, I can't wait to hear that false prophecy stuff. Bring it. Come on. Let it ripple through this church. Oh, no, no. We would say, no, that's goofy. False prophecy, uh, uh, prophecy predicts a future that never happens. Our, our fears are unfounded. The enemy is constantly trying to bring an in, into God's kingdom this stuff called fear. Bring it in, and it's not going to happen. And when we are living by fear rather than by faith, we become false prophets. As if we're saying, well, A and B happens and C is going to happen. And before you know it, you're like, oh my gosh, the world is crumbling around us. And whenever, here's the deal. If you ever need perspective and you're going, I'm just scared to death about this, 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 and this, go talk to somebody that is positive. Go talk to, to a brother and sister who's engaged in scripture, loves Jesus with all their heart, and Go and listen to them, and you'll realize that the false narrative that's going on in your soul is not real. Talk to them. False prophecy. Three, why is fear so bad? It makes us selfish. It's like this. When gripped with fear, we become focused on ourselves. I would paint the picture of a burning building. Okay? There are some exceptions of people that have adrenaline and they go in and they grab a dog out or they, take and get, they get a human and they get them rescued and everything's going to be okay. okay. But when the building is burning and the place around you is crumbling and all of that, what are you doing? You're running for your life. You don't want to die. You, you don't wanna, you're like, go, run, 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 run. And you know, some people say, well, only the strong survives. The problem is, is that when you're running away from the burning building, who are you focused on? You're focused on saving yourself, and you can't focus on anybody else because you're worried about the things that are going on in your life. And in the kingdom of God, it is about taking those concerns, those cares, those issues, those fears, taking them and saying, God, I'm giving them to you. I'm not going to live with these things on, on and in me in any way. And when, <clears throat> when you see people helping other people, it's a result of people that are taking those things, giving them to the Lord and saying, I'm here to help you. I'm not worried about me. I'm not worried about me. I'm here to help you. That is kingdom. 
that's the way our Heavenly Father wants the church to function here, out here, in the world. So you become selfish when, when you have fear in your life and the kingdom of God is others-focused. Why is fear so bad? It makes us ineffective. <laughs> we can become so scared of failing. Now, I know that this is personality. If you if you've study personalities and so forth, some personalities are like, if there's a burning building, I'm going to rescue everybody out of it. And then some are like, no, if it's a burning building, I'm gone. There are those that are, you know, paralysis by analysis people and people become so scared and they're paralyzed they don't do things and and why is this the ineffectiveness so bad because god has asked us to do things that we're not willing to do because we're afraid we're afraid why would i why would i go do that and do this when god in my mind that looks like it's going to be a train wreck and our heavenly father is going no 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 i want you to actually go do that because you'll never grow up in faith Never be kingdom impactful if you're only worried about yourself and paralyzed. And the story is Matthew 25, verses 24 through 25. A king does what? He, he comes, and in the story, the parable that Jesus says, he gives a man five talents, two talents, one talent, and he goes, I want you to take care of these things until I return. And the one with the one talent thought, you know what? I, he, he was afraid what the master would say. Let me read it to you. The servant with the one bag of silver who thought he got kind of like ripped. He thought that it wasn't going to be able to do anything. It's, and it's your life, by the way. It's, some of you don't realize that God has given you talents, big or small, and he wants you to use those talents, but you're going, I don't know that I can use my talent because it doesn't seem like it's that significant. But you know this, God gave it to you to be used. And what often happens is that fear keeps you from fulfilling your God-given mission in life. And now his servant with the one bag, he said, Master, I knew you were a harsh man, harvesting crops you didn't plant and gathering crops you didn't cultivate and I was afraid I would lose, what was, I was what? I was afraid I would lose your money. So I hid it in the earth. Look, here is your money back. And so instead of taking and believing in the kingdom of God and believing what God had given him would actually be able to be multiplied, which by the way, our heavenly father allows us to grow up in the faith, grow up and remove, if we are willing to take our talent and put it out there, even if we fail. And tell me, correct me if I'm wrong, that failure is a huge teacher for the wise. Failure is a huge teacher for the wise. And so don't let that. It's, why is fear so bad? It makes us ineffective. Number five, why is fear so bad? It makes us lose touch with realities. With reality. It's like looking out binoculars and I'm going, oh man, look, 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 look. Oh yeah, look over that hill. There is smoke. Oh, look over there, man. That is, oh, if I go over that hill, you don't have any clue what's over there. It magnifies everything and makes it look misproportioned. And honestly, in the demonic realm, it's wanting to be like magnified so that you will not fulfill your kingdom purposes. 
magnified. Boom, there it is. And we start imagining things that aren't real. We enlarge the negative data and focus, and we focus our negative data on our lives. And Proverbs 22, wise man said, the lazy person claims what? There's a lion out there. There's a lion outside. We can't leave here. There's a lion. And what? If I go outside, I might be killed. And our Heavenly Father in the kingdom of faith knows this, that even if there was a lion out there, our Heavenly Father loves to do what? Take out lions through his church. I'm not feeling it there. Our Heavenly Father loves to take out lions through his church. And some of you are going, oh no. Oh yes, thank you, thank you. Yeah, and online, woohoo! So, so with that, that is a big deal. We think, oh, you're actually thinking of a physical lion. I get it. I don't want to wrestle a lion either. But I will, I will, if, the, if my Heavenly Father gives me the strength and the ability to. And the Bible is filled with stories like that. Why is fear so bad? Number six, it causes us to seek to be God. It was the devil's first temptation for man to say, hey, you're not going to die when you consume the fruit and you, you partake of this tree of the knowledge of good. You're not, no, no, no. You're actually what? You're actually going to become like God, knowing good and evil. It's going to be okay, whatever. And we become, here's what I know. If that's what took place then, it's still taking place now, and we can become obsessed with information Anybody ever obsessed with information? Yeah, I want information. I, I'm in the know. I want to know. You better let me know. If I don't know, I can't go. You got to give it to me. All of that type of stuff. We become obsessed with information in an effort to be all-knowing like God and predict the future. And so we often want what? And what is that? We want control of the future but it's a lie it's not kingdom you're not in control of the future you're not you were never in control of your birth and you're not in control of your death it, man this is this is such kingdom thinking says if you'll just understand you can't even add a breath of by worry a breath to your life we want to control the future to get our own outcomes versus god's outcome and that's why fear so bad. Number seven, why is fear so bad? It robs us. It's a thief. Fear is a thief. And what? Faith, which is the giver of the gifts by God's grace. The thief comes and wants to steal from you, and faith comes and walks in in the kingdom and says, I've got something for you. I've got something for your family. I've got something for your community. I've got something for your children. I have something for you. Faith functions in a way that gives. Fear comes and strips you naked. It's devastating when we allow that to rule our hearts and minds. In fact, John 10.10 10 says this. The thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying Lastly, it makes us double-minded and unstable. Double-minded and unstable. Uh, you know, uh, a man that's unstable, I mean, is tossed by the waves and whatever. When God tells us to do something, we are 
when my dad told me to do something, I might be able to go, Dad, could I negotiate that a little bit? And by the way, I, I tried. There were times. But when God tells us something, and if we, we can try to negotiate it, but when he tells us to do something, we better do it or we're going to be a miserable individual. When you run from God and you don't obey, there's stories in the Bible about that, and they're, what, swallowed by fish. Okay? They're swallowed by fish. And so when we're double-minded and unstable, God tells us to do something, we're to obey him. But when fear grips us, we're often torn between doing what? Obeying the Spirit of God or living in that fear that doesn't allow us to function in the way God intended us to. So, so we're, we're swayed back. We're trying to, what, obey the Spirit of God or obey the spirit of fear? What are you obeying? I'm going to stop there for sake of time, and I'm going to come back next week, and I'm going to break down uh, Philippians chapter 4, and I'm going to walk through the cure for fear over our lives. But I'm going to have you uh, today, just close your eyes for a moment, I'm going to read. It's not the absence of trouble with all heads bowed and eyes closed that brings peace, but God in his presence. Imagine you're walking through a dangerous neighborhood. With all, online, close your eyes. Just imagine this with me. You're going through this dangerous neighborhood and feeling fearful. Now consider going on the same walk with a platoon of armed guards surrounding you. God and his angelic army are like that pl platoon of armed guards. The presence of God to help you is more powerful than the presence of the harm to hurt you. And I promise you, if you're walking through a scary neighborhood and you had a platoon, you'd be like, I'm with them. That's how our Heavenly Father works if we'll trust Him. And the presence of God brings this peace of God that passes all understanding. If that, you know what that peace, where that comes from? It's the power and the ministry of the Holy Spirit into your life. Heavenly Father, I pray over the church right now. I pray that we will be individuals that will understand that God, fear, was never intended to be in our DNA. It was a result, and it's been a result of the fall. And we've been under assault since we were born. And I pray today that God that we will allow you to take back. We will give you the freedom to just by your spirit take back that which has been taken from us. And God, would you right now begin to water the faith seeds of every person here in person and water the faith seed of those that are listening online. And Father, would this week, would you do something powerful to grow us even more than we have grown to this place so that we can be kingdom ambassadors to a world that needs to hear of your love and needs to see people that would wrestle a lion and not be afraid. Because those who are for us are way more than those that are against us. That are against us. So Lord Jesus, would you just do that right now over this church and those online? Strengthen them, God. Please. You know who you are if you're wrestling with anxiety and worry and fear and if you have that and you're feeling condemned that's not from the lord that's from the enemy don't let that don't let that sink into your soul lord jesus spirit of god sweep through this place sweep online oh god do do what you do to release your church 
to become a people of faith, kingdom faith, to help the world, to honor you. It all comes back to going, we trust you, Jesus. Thank you for listening to today's message. We'd like to invite you to visit our website at newhope365.church. That's newhope, the numbers 365.church, where you can access past sermons and devotional series, get connected to one of our life groups, and keep up with the latest information about everything that is happening here at New Hope 365.